Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. Yes. I have something in my eye. <clears throat> oh, here comes your cat again. I know. Guest starring <laughs> little lady. She better not make a peep. She probably will, though. Dude, she's going to bump my mic. <laughs> I know. Let's get the big body. Late. Oh, snap. Nobody likes that either. I Whatever. We're just going to roll with it until yeah, she listen, becomes a this, nuisance. This episode will not be stopped for no reason. Zero reason. You said it, and now you know where something's going. I'm not going to stop. I don't care if you guys hear the most <laughs> like outlandish things you're going to deal because this episode has been put off for almost a month and that's not a joke. Yes. yes. So uh, if you recall way back when in <laughs> August, yeah, uh, we were trying to go to West Virginia, mm-hmm. but like country roads did not take us home. We could not get there. <laughs> no. And I also mistakenly said Virginia last episode. That is not true. We are in West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. I can't not sing it. I'm I sorry. know. Um, yeah, we're in West Virginia, and I like. I don't think either of us we we had the we've had these notes for a month. Uh, yeah. I think we both refreshed our memory by going, yep, there are the notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're going to get what you get and you're not going to throw a fit. But hopefully it's still interesting. I hope. We we went a little a little different. A little yeah, something, something th- for you guys. This one is a little different. So hopefully it keeps you on the edge of your seat or something like that. Yes, yeah, so everything feels weird this episode. I don't know. Yeah, I just, y'all, I'm neck deep and then some in wedding planning right now and i've been so it's just so oh gosh (laughs) it's wedding planning i just can't wait for the honeymoon that's all i'm gonna say like it is real stressful dude i think i've taken i'm yawning (laughs) yeah jeez you didn't even hide it (laughs) oh i think i'm gonna take vacation the same week of your honeymoon oh my god i'm gonna surprise and delight you guys stop because you're not the first person to say that because i'm gonna go ahead and say we're going to take our honeymoon it sounds so like lavish saying that to the east coast we're gonna hit up some east coast states mainly maine connecticut and rhode island but i mean everything is so close-knit there like of course i want to try to get into salem massachusetts in october i will wet myself i'm Mm. very excited like even just if i could just drive through vermont and see the trees i'll probably cry and grab some syrup yeah new (laughs) hampshire i don't know it's there but i'm sure it's pretty whatever whatever um (laughs) anyway uh but i mean the east coast in the fall think about that new hampshire connecticut vermont new york massachusetts may all those in the fall those are like when you see those super pretty fall pictures Red it is orange. probably there and i'm very mm. excited to go see it uh you're not the first but everyone's like oh, i think i'll take a vacation too they're like what would you do if you saw us there i said well i can't stop you so i don't to know to be fair I had already <laughs> scheduled a vacation that week, and I'm actually putting off leaving on my vacation because I have to go to your wedding. You're in it, <laughs> you jerk. I know. No, I was taking vacation that week, and I am not going east. I'm going south. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, all I'm saying is wedding planning is real stressful. Just get to the good stuff. All right. <laughs> West- oh, and if you go to Maine, sorry, okay. my, my other podcast, we just covered Casper, which like, wow, honestly. Yeah, Casper is a good one. If you haven't watched it in a while, it's still good, still holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's filmed in Maine. The stuff that the ghosts eat in Casper, like the food that they're like putting in their fake mouths looks like it came up that direction. Well, look, it looks, I, it looks really gross. good on the plate when it comes out. It just looks like a bunch of hostess cakes. <laughs> yeah, but then they're like shoving just like garbage bile into mm-hmm. their mouths. And I'm just like, I, how does it look like that? I just remember it being really nasty looking. I'll give you all like a tiny spoiler <laughs> for the other podcast. But a piece of trivia that I found out while doing this is that um, when Casper makes cat her breakfast her pancakes and her orange juice and stuff those mm-hmm. pancakes are cgi they didn't even use real pancakes <laughs> they couldn't How- be bothered oh, like of all the things i bet that you could have saved so much money by instead of making a cgi pancake you could have just made some you could dang have made pancakes the whole crew cast and crew pancakes for less <laughs> probably <laughs> probably <laughs> honestly no last seg like just in the same vein as that and then we will move on to why we are actually here yeah i was gonna say see if 
whip staff is in Maine. I don't know if the actual mansion is in Maine, um, but it was filmed near like I think Camden, Maine. Uh, we'll be around like the. I'm not gonna tell you where we're gonna. Oh, okay. We're gonna. Okay. Well, I don't care. We're gonna be around like the Portland area. I have no idea. East Coast listeners, I'm sorry, but I'll find it maybe. Uh, anyway, my uh, movie Marvel thing that I saw that I'm like, someone explained this, and I, they someone said it. They're like, explain this. I said, yeah, explain this. Is the Parent Trap two Lindsay Lohan's? There's not two Lindsay Lohan's. They're uh-huh. together in scenes together. Think about how it looked in your brain. It's like if we were standing next to each other, how they do that? How- Came out in the '90s. Why do you look so good? I. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know how in old 90s TV shows, like, we're watching uh, Charmed, for example. You know darn well when a demon is about to turn into a demon because everything around them is just very green obviously screen. a green screen in their faces, ready to be CGI'd. Yeah. Um, not in the parent trap. Not that I remember. Why is she just there? Why? Why? Now, let me ask. When was <sighs> the last time you watched The Parent Trap? A very long time ago. But Maddie, on the other hand, I think has seen it more recently. And she likes it because their birthday is our birthday. And that's how she remembered our birthday. Wow. <laughs> no, I know. She's like like The Parent Trap. I said, huh? Because yeah, I've only I seen guess. it like twice. <laughs> um, yeah, I would watch it again. Because there are some movies I'm like, that movie slaps. And then I went back and watched it. And I was like really embarrassed for myself like do you remember yes. jack frost with michael keaton john and i have talked about this so yeah many times. not the scary movie not like the, the, the dad one. that comes back as a as snowman some, do you remember that movie being very touching and nice i and cried yeah it's really it bad. took us it uh, the <sighs> strength it took to not turn the movie off in the first five minutes because it's so michael, outdated middle-aged michael keaton with frosted tips playing in a band and harmonica and like rocking out and he's that dad that's like yeah and uh yeah it was so cringy and john and i are like this is not the michael keaton (laughs) i don't remember that at all john said him and his like class they they went on a field trip and saw it in theaters and john's like it was so moving and (laughs) we watched it again recently i do not recall that happening and i'm gonna say it didn't happen so i know i hate when i show maddie movies that i grew up with and she's like "Mm, very neat and it's really bad and i'm like i'm not gonna except josie and the pussycats that will never be bad yeah okay that's all i'm gonna say on that i know i always like randomly plug our podcast or or so they say and my other podcast Mm -hmm. so i can do it once for us if you like all this movie chit chat go check out the retro club because that is all me and my husband do is talk about movies yeah that's the retro club podcast check it out you can find them anywhere you find us yelp yeah Okay, for Pete's sake, we're in West Virginia. We're not in yeah. Whipstaff. What did you say it was? Whipstaff is Whip the manor. Whipstaff. Whatever. Mm. Anyway. And Whipstaff was the manor. It was Maine. It was Friendly Maine is where the fictional town is sent, but there really is a Friendly Maine. Well, I'll find it. I have to sneeze, but I'm going to try really hard to not do it in the microphone for everybody's cool, sake. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, we are in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Neat. Point wow. Pleasant is a city located in Mason County, West Virginia. Who could have guessed? Uh, Point Pleasant has a 2023 population of 3,935 people. She is, in fact, is small town small America. Town. All right. It is also the county seat of Mason County. Who would have guessed? Wow. Uh, Point Pleasant is currently declining at a rate of 1.1, sorry, 1.21% annually, and its population has decreased by 3.55% since the most recent census, which recorded a population of 4,080 in 2020. Mm. The, did I get the numbers? Okay, good. Like I said, these notes are a month old. <laughs> uh, the average household, household, oh no. Oh no. Yikes. The average household income in Point Pleasant is pleasantly higher than we, I would have thought, 62,364. All right, get it. With a poverty rate. Uh-oh. Now listen, West Virginia is oh. honestly one of the most impoverished states. I haven't checked on that in a while, but last yeah. I knew, it is extremely impoverished. If this not is not the most. Probably not. I mean, not anymore. I thought they were at one point like the most. I mean, I mean as a state probably because if you think about like down to cities, Detroit right up there. Like we're talking <laughs> Michigan, course. we're talking, you know, uh probably places in California, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm making this up. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> I do know Detroit, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. You were, you were at the bottom of the barrel 
mm-hmm. and it is very unfortunate and it's not your fault. But this, I said that saying, like thinking I'm going to say an astronomical number for poverty rate. It's not the highest we've seen, but I'm just wanting to say that West Virginia is extremely impoverished and it's terrible. Yeah. Did you look it up? I was going to look it up. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, Mount, sorry, Point Pleasant's poverty rate is 21.97%. Mm. Almost a quarter of the population. It's rough. The median rental cost in recent years comes to reminding you that the national average is $1,430 a month. Theirs is $790, so just about literally half the national average for their rent. And then the median house value is $139,700. As we know, the national average is insane. It's almost like $450,000 right now. Yeah. What did you find? Oh, in terms of poverty... Mississippi is the poorest state in America with a poverty rate, and this was in July of 2023, with a poverty rate of 18.1% As a whole, and that's, yeah. And that in 2021, oh, that is in 2021, according to the U.S. Census. And then uh, Louisiana is second, New Mexico is third. So West Virginia is really not up there. What? I heard West Virginia, when I knew at some point, and I guess granted this was a while ago, West Virginia was like struggling. On the other hand, New Hampshire's population is living below the poverty line at 5.6%. Yeah, they, um, yeah, New Hampshire is like one of the most well by, which like that's kind of in the eye of the beholder, but as far as stats goes, New Hampshire is doing something right. The size of the state is much smaller than other states, though, right? New Hampshire, yeah. I mean, they're obviously smaller, but yeah. I don't listen. The, we're speculating so much, yeah. so much. Uh, okay, the median age in Point Pleasant is thirty-seven point three years. It's a little older than average, with thirty-three point nine for males and forty-three years for Ladies. females. <laughs> <laughs> a ten-year, almost a ten-year age gap. Um, let's see the. Wow, see, now I got to decipher my own notes. Oh, okay, see, I put asterisks there, and I was like, oh, maybe I just put it there because I knew what I was going to say. I didn't know what I was going to say. Oh, God. This is, rega- <laughs> this is regarding the national house value average. Okay. And I wrote, the median existing home sales price also broke through $400,000 for the first time in 2023, hitting $410,200, the second highest price ever recorded. And is now poised to surpass the June 2022 all-time high of $413,800, according to the National Association of Realtors. Meanwhile, existing monthly home sales dropped 3.3%, with all four major U.S. regions posting year-over-year sales declines. I'm sure I had a rant in there somewhere. All right, you don't say, is all I have to say to that. Yeah, (laughs) point is, we're about to break... Of record. See, we're about to see numbers higher than we have literally ever seen them in U.S. history. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And, and that bubble's going to burst. So, like, hold on to your butts. What's the minimum wage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not even. If I asked you 10 years ago, it would have been the, it same, the same answer. answer. Yikes. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> Point Pleasant Demographics is everything you would expect it to be, and then some. It's white, it is 98.52% white. Wow. Uh, 0.5% two or more races, 0.48% other races, 0.29% black or African American, 0.19% Asian, and nothing else. Sorry, Native Americans, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islanders, you're not there. I'll tell you, there's a show that I want, I've heard of. I don't know if I want to watch it, but just by name alone, have you heard The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? (laughs) Okay, I have. (laughs) And what I've heard about that show is they're like, if you thought Tiger King was bad, and then they fill in the blank with that show name, and I said, I don't know if I want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, Tiger King was weird in a certain way. Apparently, this one is just off the rails in a whole other way. With a name like the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. What was the uh, abducted in plain sight? What? Oh, okay, my this, God. This, all of this was happening at the same time. Like, I just think of it, and it's like a fever dream. All of these shows. But also, so did Dear Zachary, a, a letter from a father to his son. Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch that? No, no, God, not yet. I cried like a baby. I anyway, uh, COVID quarantine times were different. I don't, I, I'm like saying these movies out loud, these shows out loud, and... 
it's just weird to think I, it throws They're me back a real it, yeah it throws <laughs> me back three years and i'm like what a time we were alive wow dude yeah i know um mm. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. We'll see if I can find the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Maybe I'll have to give it a look. I don't know. I don't know. But now our new kind of favorite thing to do is just gawk at not only like so we we are mad about the money that is being made or not being made. Uh, but what we like to laugh at even more is the uh, binary, you know, yeah. discrepancy of the money that's being made. Uh, so I'm going to keep adding these until I... Till I see I don't need to add them anymore. Uh, so the average earnings, like I said, in Point Pleasant is $31,639 a year. Neat. That mm-hmm. breakdown is 53967 average for males. 53, almost 54000 let's round up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average for females is 22827 Not even half. We love to see it. Honestly, well, they're pushing a third. For God's sake. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that one town I told you that 100% went to males and it said no women worked. Well, I don't remember what town that was. I was just like, oh, huh? gosh, it was, um, oh, man, was I feel like Iowa? I just, no, it's somewhere in the northeast, I think. I feel like we talked about this or I talked about this with somebody recently because they're like, remember that weird city that you did? Um, And it was a weird name. I don't know. Utah? No, no, northeast. From it was somewhere in Vermont. It oh, was Vermont. You're sure? Like no, Maybe. but okay. I'm not. <laughs> I was thinking it was when we talked about like the Latter Day Saints and stuff, but maybe not. No, I don't think. I I mean, I wanted to say that initially, but I don't think so. It's gonna drive me nuts until I remember, but it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then I feel like it's interesting to note that. I don't know. Looking at this breakdown, because it shows you the overall, and then that's broken down by, like, people that make money that have less than a ninth grade, you know... Um, education? Education, <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> Yikes. Uh, then high school, some college, bachelors, and graduate. There are no females in Point Pleasant that are making any money that have less than a ninth grade education. Mm-hmm. But, like... I mean, maybe that says like they went on to do bigger and better things, except not too much bigger and better because not a single person in Point Pleasant has a graduate degree. Oh, so they got some bachelors, but you know, but it's also interesting to note that the less than ninth grade bracket for Uh men averages 61,434 a year. Uh huh. The bachelor's degree averages 53,000. 659 so we're talking the blue collar workers are out here like busting their butts or the people who have degrees don't know their worth fight for your wages there's so many things we could go off of but literally none of this is relevant we're here for ghosts if you can if you can i know even fathom uh so point pleasant is a city listen i took a lot of notes folks and i meant to pare them down before we started recording you know a month ago didn't get to do that i'm gonna try to do it in real time so let let's get ready to struggle <laughs> Let let's do the it. games begin pretty much uh point pleasant is a city in and the county seat of what yeah oh i i did wikipedia that's why it's redundant okay uh it's the county seat of mason county west virginia united states at the confluence of the ohio and Kanawha rivers the population was 4,101 at the 2020 census. It is the principal city of the Point Pleasant micropolitan area extending into Ohio. The town is best known for something that I'm not oh. going to say. Mm-hmm. Or do you want me to go ahead and give Redacted. it away Redacted. Redacted, yes. Can't tell you what it's about because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, they do a thing that I can't say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A Shawnee villager known as Upper Shawnee Town, or sorry, village known as Upper Shawnee Town, was established in this area before 1749, which the Shawnees called, oh no, uh, Chinodaista or something even longer. Chinodahitha. You're supposed to make it easier. Yeah, the chin. The chin. I'm so, so sorry. Not even a little bit correct. I'm sorry if I was insensitive, but come on. I know. Uh, So there was the Celeron expedition in the second half of 1749. The French explorer Pierre-Joseph Celeron de Blainville. Look at that. I wrote wrote it out (laughs) phonetically for myself. I've done that. Except I said it super um, 
American. Why? Yeah, white. <laughs> I say white. That's so dumb. American. Oh, that's fine. That's true. There are white people everywhere. They're just crawling, <laughs> crawling from the sewers. Uh, 1693 to 1759, he claimed French sovereignty over uh, the Ohio Valley, buying a lead plaque, lead lead plaque. Oh, <laughs> Gosh, it, it, uh, the the English language is a nightmare. They look the same. Uh, burying a lead plaque at the meeting point of the Ohio and Kanawha Rivers. The text on the plaque is as follows. You see all this gobbledygook? You can't read it because it's in a different language. But okay. lucky enough, someone has uh, translated? translated it for us. <laughs> it says in the year 1749, in the reign of King Louis the Fifteenth. We, Celeron commander of a detachment sent by Commander de la Excellent. God, I went in it so confident. Uh, he was the commander general of New France for the restoration of peace in various untamed villages in the region, have buried this plaque at the confluence of the Ohio and, gosh darn, Chad, Chadocoan rivers. Mm-hmm. This 29th day of July, near the fine riverbank, to commemorate the retaking into possession of the aforementioned riverbank and all the surrounding lands on both river shores back to the river sources as secured by previous kings of France and maintained by force of arms by treaties, specifically <gasps> the treaties of so many things that I can't pronounce, Ridgeswick of Utrecht and Ala Chape. I yes, <laughs> I've retained all of that. You're welcome. Listen, when I read it like a broken AI robot, it's really hard to follow, and I'm so sorry. Were you just about to put paint? Have you ever just had an invasive, intrusive, intrusive thoughts? And sometimes it's really hard to find. Sometimes they win, <laughs> and they almost won. I just about watched Megan squirt paint into her hands like it was hand sanitizer. You, I don't know how to explain it, but like. <laughs> You you have these thoughts, and then you're like, who's stopping me? <laughs> and then you're going to do it. Well, <laughs> I stopped you because I looked at you like you were an idiot. Oh, well, that hurts. Okay. Okay. Long story short, this guy was like, I'm here to restore peace and, and stuff. Well, his expedition was a diplomatic failure. <laughs> since the Yeah, since the local tribes remained pro-British and British representatives in the region refused to leave. This incident was the prelude to conflicts between the French and the British in North America that would lead to the outbreak of the French and Native American War, yeah. asterisk, in 1754 as part of the Seven Years' War. That would lead to the cessation of New France to the British and the ultimate expulsion of France from most of its possessions in North America. Yikes, he tried his best, it failed bad. Mm, yes. The expedition can nevertheless be seen in more positive terms as a geographical project, since the Celeron expedition was the starting point for the first map of the Ohio Valley. Right. Uh, the map was the work of the Jesuit Joseph Pierre de Bonacamp. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you, just, you shot your head up. You said, huh? All right. That was an easy one, honestly. Okay. It was. All right. Uh, in 1770, Colonel George Washington visited the confluence that would become Point Pleasant, then proceeded 14 miles up the Great Kanawha and later reported that, quote, this country abounds in buffalo and wild game of all kinds, as also in the kinds of wild fowl. There being in the bottoms a great many small grassy ponds or lakes which are full of swans, geese, and ducks of different kinds. He was very excited about the uh, the, the wildlife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. It talks about the Battle of Point Pleasant. We can cover that a little bit. Uh, in the Battle of Point Pleasant, which was actually October 10th, 1774. Look at that. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, Fought on the future side of the town, over 1,000 Virginia militiamen, led by Colonel Andrew Lewis, defeated a roughly equal force of an Algonquin confederation of Shawnee and Mingo warriors led by Shawnee Chief Cornstalk. I don't mean to laugh, but what a name. Oh. I'm not laughing, but I'm just like, that that was the chief. They said, here comes Cornstalk. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Children of the Corn? Yeah, I have. And actually, that's also one that aged, like, really lamely. It's really slow. Oh, yeah? the Like, OG? Yeah, the OG. Okay, because I remember one that just shook me to my core. We'll talk about it later, because okay. I don't want to keep talking about movies, but there is a, a scene in one of the Children of the Corns that, like, just really messed me up. For some reason, I think it was the third one. There were two. 
Two, okay, well, whatever. Two movies, but it's there's two different scenes in different movies. Uh, go on. <laughs> uh, so we always talk about how, like, places, we pick these random places that have little, like, little tidbits that it's like, of all the places we could have picked, like, what a random little piece of information oh, that, for them to have. Can't wait. Well, the event is, so this event, the whole, you know. The battle. The battle at, of Point Pleasant. <laughs> this event. is ce- Shut up. Is celebrated locally as the first battle of the American Revolutionary War. Okay. And in 1908, the U.S. Senate authorized erection of a local monument to commemorate it as such. Most historians, however, regard it not as the Battle of the Revolution, but as a part of Lord Dunmore's War. Okay. Splitting hairs. Uh, Camp Point Pleasant was established by Colonel Lewis at the time of the battle, and the settlement that followed also took that name. Although not certain, Point Pleasant may have been permanently settled by whites as early as 1774 i don't know why i said it like that by what whites whites white okay pe- I, th- I was like is that okay to say? i don't know <laughs> everything feels like i'm walking on eggshells my gosh it's us if white people are offended at being called white <laughs> that's <laughs> that says a lot she's louise um oh, i'm trying to swallow and i can a permanent stockade known as fort blair was erected there at about that time Prior to that, hostilities between whites and Native Americans, I put asterisks all around it, all along the Ohio River Valley probably precluded the possibility of settlement in the absence of a substantial stockade. And a new fort was built on the site of the earlier fort and named for the recently deceased Virginia official Peyton Randolph. Didn't we talk about Peyton Randolph? I know we talked about the Randolph house. I... And it was yeah, at, it was yeah. Peyton Randolph. It house. sure yeah. was. How when worlds collide, <laughs> Fort Randolph is best remembered as the place where Chief Cornstalk was murdered in 1777. Oh, uh, it withstood attack by Native Americans the following year, but was abandoned in 1779. They jumped ship really fast. Okay, so it was it only existed for. Uh, when did they erect it? A new fort was built in 1776, so they abandoned it three years later. Oh, bye-bye. George Washington's 1770 journey to the Ohio River Valley had been occasioned by military grants that had been awarded by proclamation in 1754 by Governor Dinwiddie, what a name, uh, to officers and soldiers who had served in the French and Indian War. This is all lots and lots of war things. We're not here to talk about war things, so we're going to jump all the way to the 20th century, get to the good stuff. Uh, Point Pleasant was widely noted for the 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge, which killed 46 people. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's just a different kind of dead, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's death everywhere, right? Uh, And once again, on October 10th, now 1974... Point Pleasant okay. celebrated the 200th anniversary of the Battle of Point Pleasant. That makes sense. Oh, okay. I like, thought something like big happened. <laughs> I clearly forgot something like <laughs> happened. Uh, a replica of Fort Randolph was built in 1973-74 and dedicated as part of the festivities. The town of Point Pleasant was situated over the site of the fort, and so the replica is located at Crodal Park, about one mile away. Crodal. Crodal. Yeah. Cool. Um... I just, I didn't want to keep getting into all that nonsense because it's a lot. There was, I skipped a lot, honestly. Uh huh. <laughs> because there was the settlement, there was the whole 19th century, something about, I saw something about we're getting the American Civil War and slavery. We should, we don't like that. Yeah. Uh, skipping all that nonsense. Uh, Point Pleasant just has lots and lots of history. It's West Virginia, to be expected, the home of the late, great George Washington, right? Yeah. He's from, yeah, he's from West Virginia. It's West Virginia. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I say these things and then someone's going to tell me how stupid I am. God. <laughs> Do you want me to ask where he was born? <laughs> no, I don't want to ask. I don't want you to ask where he was born. I'm going to look where he was born oh. because all of this, what does all of this now have to do with what we're covering today? Well, not a whole lot. No. Right? No. <laughs> no. That's why, honestly, that's why I wanted to skip it because there's lots of history. Some people like the history stuff. I like the history stuff sometimes. When you get into like the Revolutionary War things, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, It can get a little dry. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But I, well, I say this has nothing to do with anything I just talked about, but like, I don't know if this 
uh, spirit, or I don't know what you would call it, emerged from anything that has happened at Point Pleasant. But you know what? You tell me. Let's find out. Who are we talking about today? This is a specific entity. Yeah. Uh, as, as a distinguished gentleman by the name of Mothman. Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what we had to redact earlier is uh, we are discussing the, which I know this kind of like, it. I know you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was Westmoreland. No. No, Virginia. Yeah, ver- yeah, just regular Virginia. Yeah, it's Mount Vernon. I knew these things. I know these things. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Okay, so <laughs> you said okay. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. uh, very nice. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about um, Mothman, Mothman, and the legend behind Mothman, Mothman, and the stuff surrounding Mothman, Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I know this kind of creeps into Kelsey's territory, beep, 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 for her Patreon episodes, but, you um, know what, whatever, wants, we couldn't pass up the opportunity. Want something fun, different, exciting? <laughs> Give it a little razzle-dazzle, you know? Yeah, it gives me a chance to talk about, uh, Mothman. Moth- Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cryptids. Okay, um, the thing is, when I was looking up history on this a creature, on this cryptid, or whatever you want to call him, we'll find out. Uh, a lot of uh, shockingly, there isn't like a ton of history. He just per sort se. of like popped up. Sort of, kind of. It's um, yeah. We'll just we'll, we'll get into it. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> In West Virginia folklore, the Mothman is a humanoid creature. So I don't know where you would throw him on your your scale there. I don't know. Does that see that? I think that borders into like. Which did I? I might have talked about this in a Patreon episode, not a regular episode. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that border into like skinwalkers and windigos yeah, and yeah. not de- well, not not deer, but oh, there's so, right. <laughs> yeah, I know there's I so many things. Okay, so he, uh, Mothman was reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area from November fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, to December fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven. So he was just on holiday. It was like really specific <laughs> dates. I know, I like we saw him. He, yeah, he was backpacking through, <laughs> just traveling through. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a summer. And, and no, then he was, was never <laughs> seen again. Yeah, what? no. I, oh. <laughs> the first newspaper report, so he was reported on, mm-hmm. was published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated November 16th, 1966, one day after the sightings. Because, okay. I mean, big news. Of course. Big, huge titled couple see man-sized bird dot 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 creature dot 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 (laughs) something oh they do like their ellipses they do the national press soon picked up the reports and helped spread the story across the united states the source of the legend is believed to have originated from sightings of out of migration sandhill cranes or herons okay well Sandhill cranes? That sounds so ominous. I've never for even, what? What is a sandhill crane? It's just them big boys with the red heads. Okay, so I mean, yeah, I guess. But where do we get the glowing red eyes? That this is how they pick me up and shoot me like a dog. That's how this <laughs> stuff happens. <laughs> but I don't have a personality. My personality comes from movie, TV, game, anything references. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can't keep up, if you can't hang. If you can't hang, then there's the door, baby. Elder, uh, elder uh, emo. I almost said millennials. I almost said millennials, and then I was saying emos, and it came out emos. Elder emos. The creature was introduced to a wider audience by Gray Barker in 1970, and was later popularized by John Keel in his 1975 book. The Mothman Prophecies. Well, I guess that's where it would start. No, it doesn't ring any bells. Not one. Uh, And he claimed that there were paranormal events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Did you talk about the Silver Bridge? I did talk about the Silver Bridge, and it killed people. How many people did it kill? Let's see. 46 people. Mm -hmm. So there's Mothman's connected to that. Okay, all right. So that's where it stems from. I said I feel like it had to stem from some kind of tragedy, whether it be the war or otherwise. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that book was later adapted to a 2002 film star- starring Richard Gere. I've never... I Okay. No. <laughs> okay, so here's the story behind the first sighting of Mothman, okay? Picture it. November 15th. 1966. Okay. Two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, told police they had seen a large white creature whose eyes glowed red standing at the side of the road near the TNT area, the site of a former WW2, for some reason I can't say, WW2 munitions plant. Not ammunition, it says munitions. I don't, I, I don't, surely there's a difference. Do yeah. we know what that difference is? No. No. Linda Scarberry described it as a slender, muscular man, about seven feet tall, with white wings, and said that she was unable to discern its face due to the hypnotic effect of its eyes. She was weirdly turned on by this <laughs> bird. She, she said, said he was so muscular and <laughs> hypnotizing. <He> was, <laughs> Really tall. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Gross. Distressed. The witnesses... I'm distressed. (laughs) The witnesses drove away at high speed and said that the creature flew after their car. Okay, see, that's scary. I don't like that. Making a screeching sound. It gets worse. (laughs) It pursued them as far as Point Pleasant city limits. Wow. He was after them. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. After local What year was this in? Nineteen sixty six. It was the sixties. Yes. These people were probably high off their gourd. I'm just saying. Listen, it it was that time. And you're telling me these people just drove to the city limits like they're like he's coming and like it's really awkward you like have to start your cassette tape over you're like man this is really taking a long time he's still going the i mean what else are you doing in pleasant point west virginia in the point pleasant point pleasant pleasant point point pleasant west virginia in the 60s what are you doing there's nothing getting high out of your gourd yes i heard During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings after local newspapers reported it. So now they're like, oh, we got a name. We got something to put. We can attest. Mm-hmm. Two volunteer firemen. We can trust these guys, right? Right? I suppose. I suppose. Two volunteer firemen who saw it said it was a large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron he termed a shit poke. <laughs> <laughs> or a shite poke? I, <laughs> I'm just reading the news here, y'all. S H I T E P O K. Shite. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought you were telling me it really was. I was like, no. wow, I really just out here. <laughs> no, I made that up, dummy. And then pokey. Yeah, what is that? How do you... I don't know know what it is. That's what he's like, if I had to put a name on this, if I had to nail this down, (laughs) that's gotta be it. It may be a shite poke. I don't know. Um, Shitty poke? I don't don't know. There's There's no no other way. Yeah, there's no good way. And that's (sighs) his fault. Contractor Newell Partridge told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. That's okay. That's a little specific. I was going to say most animal eyes do, mm-hmm. but like that's a little more specific. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. We got the hexagonal uh, <laughs> flashy effect. Additionally. Oh. He blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog on the creature. Uh-oh. No. No. <laughs> Mothman was buzzing inside my TV and he ate my dog. like a dog. You see? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, that German shepherd. Lord. <sighs> it's uh, movies where the dog dot. Does the dog die? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Check that website out if you're ever worried about what's in a movie. Yeah. If you're worried about animals or d- triggers in general. L- I yeah. Think literally anything. Any like people can add triggers in there because there's something new every day. Mm-hmm. Does the dog die? 
Put in the movie. The end. Yeah. Do not watch if. Beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to the German Shepherd. No. Wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that descriptions and sightings all fit the Sand Hill Crane. I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably lying, so. A lar- and the Sand Hill Crane is a large American crane, almost as tall as a man, with a seven-foot wingspan featuring circles of reddish colors coloring around its eyes, which. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. whatever. The bird may have wandered out of its migration route and therefore was unrecognized at first because it was not native to this region. But for a whole year, a whole year, he's just hanging out. Like he waited for the next migration to come back. He's like, I you guess. guys, he's you like, left me. He'll come back. Anyway, due to the popularity of the Batman TV series. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, the At the time. So it's 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. I burped. Oh my god, it was my turn. <gasps> Yay! I didn't mean to. I think I'll throw up. No, I'm not. Don't. <laughs> my gosh. The fictional superhero Batman and his rogues gallery were prominently featured in the public eye. While the villain, Killer Moth, did not appear in the show, the comic book influence of both him and Batman is believed by some to have influenced the coinage of the name Mothman in the local newspapers. I mean, it's kind of on the nose. We got Batman, we got Superman, we got Spider-Man, we got There's Mothman. the comic book with the killer moth. Yeah. We were, it was simpler times. You saw something and you said, that's a moth. That's mm-hmm. a man. That's a moth man. <laughs> yeah. He's like some kind of man moth. <laughs> they're like, mm, I don't know. That doesn't have that. a nice ring to it. Following the te- December 15th, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge, which, if you remember, that was the last time Mothman was seen. Mm-hmm. So, so he did his damage and went. <laughs> Following the collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. According to Georgian newspaper, what? Uh, Svobodnia Grizia. Wow. Yeah. SV. As soon as I saw it start with SV, I said, I'm out. Svobodnia, yeah. It's fine. Russian ufologist. I wasn't going to be a butthole and generalize, but I said that's got to be Russian. Yeah. It is. Claimed that Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. I'm going to sneeze. No, my gosh. You couldn't hold it. It was, oh my God. It was like tightening yeah. up my. I thought it was, you were getting emotional about the 1999 what? Russian apartment bombings. Oh, I, where did the disconnect happen? They think Mothman had something to do with that? They claim that the Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the bombings. Yes. All right. So the sure. moth. <laughs> Did Mothman also do nine eleven? Is that what is that what we're saying? <laughs> the Mothman prophecies, the two thousand two film, is a major motion picture loosely based on the nineteen seventy five book of the same name by John Keel. In two thousand sixteen, WCHS TV published a photo. Twenty sixteen, mind you, published a photo purported to be of Mothman taken by an anonymous man while driving on Route 2 in Mason County. Science writer Sharon A. Hill proposed that the photo showed, quote, a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or a snake away. That's a lot of oars, yeah, ifs, ands, or buts. But. Yeah, that's... The, a frog or a snake could be either. I don't... It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, and they said... They continued and said, quote, There is zero reason to suspect it is the Mothman, as described in legend. There are too many far more reasonable explanations. Are there? Are there? <laughs> Please, tell me. <laughs> Clearly, far more reasonable. And you give me the shortest, squattiest little man and then the skinniest, longest man. And you tell me that... Whatever. Liar. Yeah. So... I can give you a little bit more, right? We can... Yeah, why not? Keep going. Let's do it. Okay, let's get into some folklore. Woo-woo. Folklorist Jan Harold Brunvend. Sure. Yeah. Notes that Mothman has been widely covered in the popular press, some claiming sightings connected with UFOs, and others claiming that a military storage site was Mothman's home. <laughs> Brunvend's notes that recountings 
uh, that recountings of the 1966 to 67 Mothman reports usually state that at least 100 people saw Mothman with many more afraid to report their sightings, but observed that written sources for such stories consisted of children's books or sensationalized or undocumented accounts that failed to quote the identifiable persons. If you see something, say something. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Brunvind found elements in common found elements in common among many Mothman reports and much older folk tales suggesting that something real may have triggered the scares and became woven with existing folklore. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he also records anecdotal tales of Mothman supposedly attacking the roofs of parked cars op- occupied by teenagers. Tale it's is old as time. Yeah, okay, that one's... <laughs> uh, we've done this trope a million times. So if you, I mean, I kind of like that idea. I like where that one was going. What, Mothman keeping everybody celibate? No, Brunvin's idea that it stems from something else in folklore and it's just kind of morphed. Yeah, but that's also like fortune cookie-y to me. Everything stems from something. Mm -hmm. Turtles all the way down. (laughs) Now, so if you didn't like that one, conversely. Joe Nichols says that a number of hoaxes followed by the publicity generated by the original reports, such as a group of construction workers who tied flashlights to helium balloons. So he thinks someone saw something, it scared them, and it morphed this idea in their head that it was some type of Mothman. And so people were like, ha ha, we can turn this into a thing and scare people. Um, which we, if we go way, way back to the beginning of this podcast when we covered uh, Spooklight Hill it is giving it's giving like you know traditional folklore spooky vibes Mm -hmm. it is now we're getting to the heart of where we started Mm -hmm. what fun nickel attributes the mothman stories to sightings of barred or bared out barred owls i think suggesting that the mothman's glowing eyes were actually red eye effect caused from the reflection of the light from flashlights or other bright light sources Benjamin Radford points out that the only report of glowing red eyes was secondhand, that of Shirley Hensley quoting her father. She was the one that said the bike reflectors? Uh, no, I thought that was somebody else. Yeah, I, I'm not liars. <laughs> one of the prevailing hypotheses associated with the Mothman at the time of the original sightings was that it was a misidentified sand hill crane due primarily due to the size of the bird as well as the reddish flesh around the crane's eyes daniel a reed examined the migration patterns and historically reported sightings of sand hill cranes in the area of point pleasant and proposed that in cases where eye shine was not noted it was statistically more likely that the witnesses were seen and misidentifying a great blue heron instead whatever i guess quit crabbing on mothman mothman According to University of Chicago psychologist David A. Gallo, 55 sightings of Mothman in Chicago during 2017. My gosh. <laughs> published on the website of self-described 14, which F-O-R-T-E-A-N, researcher Lon Strickler are, quote, a selective sample. Gallo explains that he's not sampling random people and asking if they saw the Mothman. He's just counting the number of people that voluntarily came forward to report a sighting. So, yeah, instead of just picking a, a hundred random people and saying, did you see Mothman? It, yeah, these people have come forward. Mm-hmm. I was trying to look. Well, keep going. Keep going and I'll save it for the end. Go on. Okay. According to Gallo, people more likely to visit a paranormal-centric website like Strickler's might also be more inclined to believe in and therefore witness the existence of Mothman. Yes. I, yes, I get where, what they're saying. Some pseudoscience adherents, such as ufologists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists, claim that Mothman was an alien, a supernatural manifestation, or a previously unknown species of animal. Well, now that we have proven the existence of aliens... Yeah, like, for real, for real. Straight out came, came out and said every... Like, they danced around the words there are aliens they said everything they could without coming out and saying there are aliens mm-hmm. and uh, nobody batted an eye because mm-hmm. we're like we've been new homie because that <laughs> is like that's the least shocking thing that has happened the fact i mean if that sums up 2023 at all the, the fact that they 
announced the existence of aliens, the the definitive proof that there are aliens, and all of a sudden, uh-huh. and what about our crippling debt? Like, yeah. <laughs> do they have money? Yeah, we're like, how about that sub? Am I right? <laughs> the Ocean Gate. Yeah. Yikes! I God, saw a video on that recently. We'll have to talk about it off air. Oh my God! I'll show okay. you. Uh, what was it? Oh, that he's an alien. In his 1975 book, Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced pre-cog- precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge, UFO sightings, visits from inhuman or threatening men in black, and other phenomenon. Spooky. Yep. So what's going on today? You know, you would think, are we fearing Mothman? Are we running from Mothman? Are we avoiding Mothman? The answer is no. Okay, I was going to say, I go ahead and show up, my guy. Yeah, Point Pleasant held its first annual Mothman Festival in 2002. Yeah. <laughs> We're Mothman, not scared. The Mothman Festival began after brainstorming creative ways for people to visit Point Pleasant. <laughs> I mean, people like weird things like that. Yes, it's going to draw a crowd. Dude, I am already. I got my eyes set on like this. Um, I don't remember the actual name of it, but it's like a witch gathering. But it's more than witch. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking Excited about. For that, like, yeah, that's just calling me. I want to go to Mothman mm-hmm. Festival. Anyway, the uh, group organiza- organizing the event chose the Mothman to be the center of the festival due to its uniqueness and as a way to celebrate its local legacy in the town. According to the event organizer Jeff Wamsley. The average attendance of the Mothman Festival is an estimated 10 to 12,000 people per year. Wonderful. That's a lot of people who like mm-hmm. Mothman. And considering it's a 3,000 person town. Yeah. And I truly, not that that's a small number. I was expecting you to say more because I just am always reminded of the Covered Bridge Festival that we talked about before that's in, <laughs> you know, little old Indiana that sees. M- 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 millions yes. of people millions of people and yeah, it's like for bridges this is mothman <laughs> like show up we're coming yeah okay uh t- i did it again a 12 foot tall metallic statue of the creature created by artist and sculptor bob roach was unveiled in 2003 the mothman museum and research center opened in 2005 and the festival is held on the third weekend of every september oh Oh, there's still time, everybody. We can make it. Hosting guest speakers, vendor exhibits, pancake eating contests. <gasps> pancake eating contests. <laughs> Holy cow. And hayride tours of locally notable areas. You, <laughs> you had me at pancakes. <laughs> no, you just lost your cool at the pancake thing. What does that have to do with Mothman? I, I don't know. We're all, we are now like chanting we we want mothman we, we want, want pancakes <laughs> <laughs> you know the holiday world free soft drinks free whatever sunscreen free parking <laughs> yeah it's you know mothman Can pancakes we get some, like, free water though like yeah, honestly Jesus. hydrate us. yeah is water a part of that anyway free mothman free pancakes free i don't think is free people. pancakes but <laughs> there's stuff going on yeah there's well, a free museum well i don't even know if the museum's free go to point pleasant capitalism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway um that's mothman yeah yeah there's no real um you know stories <laughs> like <laughs> there's no real mothman no <laughs> no um, if i could find the newspaper articles i would but i didn't <laughs> so Please believe if Kelsey wants to get deeper into Mothman, she will on her Patreon. Yeah, like, we didn't get deep enough to say, because usually we would cover experiences at this point. Mm-hmm. We kind of sort of did, but it's not as, like, hands-on as the usual stuff. No, no, and that was... But we're talking decades, decades of instances. I, I, I know this topic when I said to my husband that we were going to be covering West Virginia. He jumped to this immediately, and I was like, my God, so just to appease him we decided to cover mothman but i didn't want to get too in-depth into it in case you wanted to cover it for patreon so this is just a taste again because that's my territory yeah with cryptids and con con uh conspiracies (laughs) oh my gosh i think i need a nap it's broad Mm -hmm. daylight out and i'm like "Mm, bedtime (laughs) yeah i'm so tired 
Anyway, um, you you were looking something up. Did you have something to share? Oh, I can't even remember. My brain went so far away in the middle of you talking. Oh well, it was God. about the Chicago 2017 sightings of Mothman. Oh, yeah, they I said think. there were 55 people in 2017. Well, my mind immediately went to, didn't, this is going to sound weird, didn't the Mothman turn into a gay icon during that weird mix-up with the Babadook? Possibly. So I was like, when did the Babadook come out and do they intersect and Ooh, it was, was it not 2007 you, you I said, said 17 that's it wasn't oh. babadook came out in 2014 but really? when did the gay icon babadook slip up happen see that's what i'm saying what if people saw that and i feel like people lumped mothman <laughs> into that and suddenly they're like it was maybe it was people dressed up as mothman for because they're like <laughs> This is my, like, gay icon now. Just Mothman. Yeah. And that's why there were so many sightings. I don't know. I that's I told you I went down a weird rabbit hole. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about regarding the them being gay icons, <laughs> it was... I feel like everybody has to know at this point. But just in case, to be safe. Uh-huh. Um, it was Netflix mistake. Netflix had a whoopsie. So during Pride Month one year, um, it had to have been, like, 15 or 16 it had to have been nearby it was like they give you uh categories of movies and stuff like comedy horror romance then they had of course like pride month category and it it said like gay pride or something yeah and topping the gay pride charts was the (laughs) babadook they had on the list (laughs) um and i feel like if you wanted to psychoanalyze it you could probably find something there any yeah, oh, anybody of course. Can. My God, all that internalized trauma. But the Babadook suddenly became a gay icon. He had his little pride flags and it suddenly became much less scary. So hilarious. And, and I think the Mothman was lumped into that. Speaking of mix-ups, I was looking for um, horror movies for something. And so I just Googled horror movies. I just, I wanted vi- as broad as possible. And it was like family friendly slashers, uh, thrillers, you know, art films. And there was one that just said, um, trending horror or something. I said, okay, horror movies. Why, why was Disney's Coco on this list? Cause they're skeletons. (laughs) I said, what the heck? Cause the skeletons. (laughs) I did. I did not know. It's the afterlife. There were t- not one, but that's the one I remember. But there was another one that I looked at and I just said, this is not correct. Someone needs a new job. <laughs> yeah. Who's creating these lists? You're fired. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't know. But yay, Mothman. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that was different and fun. It was different. Yeah. I also just feel so out miles away i don't know i had a good time it was a good time i'm just my brain is fried folks so this is what you got today we're so close to the end of the thing yeah Yeah. what's next wyoming no that's last oh i'm stupid (laughs) west virginia wisconsin Ah, we weren't talking to you. No, my phone picked it up. Oh yeah. my gosh, Wisconsin! Um, it is Wisconsin. Oh, I like cheese. I've been to Wisconsin. Have you been? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I went in college sometime to audition for a drum corps. Random. Yeah, I'll tell my story for the actual Wisconsin episode because it's fun. Okay. My Wisconsin story is nuts. When'd you go to Wisconsin? <laughs> I went for a concert. Oh. And I stayed night in an Airbnb. Okay, I don't want I to know say what anymore. you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> I don't yes. don't want to say anymore. I don't know why I thought that was Missouri. Missouri. No, it was uh, Wisconsin. Okay, well, anyway, for another time. And I didn't time. eat a single cheese curd while I was there. Idiot. Cheese in general. I don't think I ingested any cheese in Wisconsin. Well, that was your fault. That was your problem. Mistakes were made. All right, guys. Well, hope you had fun. Yeah. I hope you took a drink of something um every time we said mothman mothman because you are definitely you checked out halfway through this episode if that just like we no i didn't i was here the whole time no i'm saying if you took a shot every time we said it you're gone no i know (laughs) i know okay okay yeah i'm it's nap time jeez peace and blessings okay bye that's how we (laughs) hang up i can't believe i just oh my god bye now you know goodbye (laughs) thanks for listening 
Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you you next week. week.